Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. American Ballpark. It's the Better Off Red Podcast. Here's your host, Jamie Ramsey. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Better Off Red Podcast. We're so happy you took the time to find us and tune in. We're rolling right along into the holiday season, so I hope you have a little extra time planned with your family and friends and loved ones. And remember to use up that vacation time before the end of the year if you still have any left. Even if you don't have a trip planned, some me time is never a bad thing, especially if you're getting paid for it. We're super excited this week to have Sam Ryan as our guest here on the show. But before we get to her, I want to take a second to remind you folks that every Tuesday night through the end of December and into the new year, the Reds Hot Stove League radio show will broadcast live from 6 to 7 at the Holy Grail in downtown Cincinnati, directly across the street from Great American Ballpark. Join Marty and Tom Brenneman and Jim Kelch for an hour of Reds baseball as they warm up the winter nights by talking about the boys of summer. Immediately following the hot stove program, Better Off Red Baseball Trivia takes the stage to test your baseball knowledge with a nine-inning game hosted by yours truly. So join us every Tuesday at the Holy Grail for the Reds Hot Stove League show and Better Off Red Baseball Trivia. It's free and open to the public. Joining us this week is an award-winning sports broadcaster who you've most likely seen on TV for ESPN, ABC, CBS Sports, MLB Network, and in the dugout on TBS as a sideline reporter during the baseball postseason. She recently joined MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM, hosting various programs that cover our great game. I'm very pleased to bring to you this week Sam Ryan. Okay, we're here with Sam Ryan. Sam, let's start off by talking about your new position with MLB Network Radio. Hi, Jamie. First of all, thank you so much for having me. This is um, when I received uh, a message from you. I was just uh, really flattered, and oh. um, thank you so much. Thank you. It's um, it's uh, for me. This is an honor. Um, wow. You know, when you work when you work nationally in baseball. I'm based in New York, so yep. mm-hmm. I, you just don't realize how other markets um, perceive you or pay attention yeah, um, and are familiar with your work. So really, uh, you know, I've done work with the Reds. I've covered Reds games over the years, mm-hmm. and um, to be recognized in the Cincinnati market, it's uh, it's really an honor. Well, you have, um, a lot, you have a lot of fans here, Sam, so... Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I'm working at MLB Network Radio now, and I love it. It's um, I'm hosting, which uh-huh. is something that, 
you know, when I started off in my career, I was uh, doing updates. Yep. Uh, I was doing sports updates at FAN Radio before transitioning to television. And, um, you know, I'm still working in television in, in some aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did cover the postseason for TBS. Um, and, uh, you know, I do. I still love television. But I do um, – the, the aspect of hosting a show, a three-hour show with an analyst, is something I've wanted to do for a long time. Yeah. And something you work up to and you build up to. It's sure. something that I didn't feel like I was ready for. Uh, several years ago, and now having covered baseball for so many years and knowing the teams, you know, the ins and outs, the history, um, I'm just more comfortable there in, yeah. in that role. Mm-hmm. And I do love it, and I really thank them for the opportunity. And you'll still be on TV from time to time, especially in the postseason, right, for TBS? I hope so. I hope so. Uh, the last two years I have worked for TBS in the postseason. So we'll see what the future holds. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's exciting. Yeah. You know, things are exciting. It's nice to have some flexibility too. Well, I've I've heard you on uh, on the on the radio end, and I you, again, you're fabulous. I think you I have. Mean, thank you. I have. Thank yeah, you absolutely. You do the roundup, right? Um, I've done the roundup. I've done. I've hosted different shows. I, um, I'm going to share this little story with you okay. about this past weekend. So this past weekend, I was hosting Baseball Today with Mike Stanton. Uh-huh. And when you're working in live radio <laughs> and you're taking calls, you don't know yeah. what someone wants to talk about. Sure. Uh, so a caller called and said he wanted to talk about the Cubs and their bright future. Mm-hmm. So we take the call. And this young man talks about, hey, I think the Cubs have, you know, a great future. Um, they can be contenders for a while. And uh, then he proceeds to tell us a story about when he went to a Cubs game. <laughs> and we go, okay. And he goes, you know, and, they, and, and, you know, I sat down and they started with the national anthem. And then he started singing the national anthem. Oh, my goodness. So, so he's a caller on, our, uh, on, on the radio, on MLB Network Radio. <laughs> And this young man is singing the national anthem. Now, this is the national anthem, so you don't want to cut him off. Yeah, exactly. You're right. like, you're like, okay, do do you jump in? Do you do you cut him off, or do you wait, let him finish? You know, he did not finish the complete song, but he got pretty pretty far yeah. into the song, yeah. and yeah. Um, you just don't know what to do. And that's the learning curve. With, um, <laughs> hosting a live radio show, you just you know you don't know you don't know what to expect. Sure. And um, and you, you can't know, you can't be a jerk to him either. You got to be kind of no. Polite. No, you laugh it off and say, "Okay, well, the voice is on television on NBC, and you know it's a different channel." Um, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean that, like I said, that's the learning curve. Sure. That's the beauty of, of live radio. You don't know. Um, you know, it's not always the hard-hitting question. It's the um, you know, it's the un- unpredictable caller, and you know, it did lighten up the mood, and it was funny. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, 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 I just couldn't interrupt the national anthem. Sure, absolutely <laughs> I was not. Like, I couldn't interrupt that. Hey, how is your, uh, how's your preparation changed now that you're, you're doing the radio thing? I, I know that it's, uh, it's probably challenging, first of all. Like, I, I feel for the national folks because they're expected to know everything about all 30 teams. And I know that's probably one of your challenges. But how do you prepare for your specifically, like whether it's on TV or on radio? You know, um, it, 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 there are two aspects of it. You know, the radio hosting a three-hour show or covering a game. And, you know, it, it's funny that you say that, that, you know, the national folks, you come in, you, you're, you're working a game, and this is a team that you don't see on a regular basis. Sure, yeah. So um, when, we, when, you, when you visit a team and you're doing a, a weekly game or a game once a month or, or whatnot, and these are teams you don't see on a regular basis, you may know some of the bigger picture stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are 
stories and tidbits and nuggets that have been discussed in the local markets and covered on a daily basis. So what may be new hat to you, your broadcast team, and the national audience is something that may be exhausted locally. So you want to maintain the local audience as well. So you try to build on that story. You try to um, see what else, how you can expand it, how you can make it new and not regurgitate what was already told. And that's basically, um, you know, interviewing, trying to just uh, forward the story, um, so to speak. Uh, ah. That's that's when you're when you're actually covering a game. Sure. Uh, yeah. in, in, in in that sort of preparation, covering the postseason for TBS, you know, we cover the wild card game first, the AL wild card game. Right. So, you know, we're covering the Baltimore Orioles and we're covering the Toronto Blue Jays. So, I, I, you know, this is a must-win game. Mm-hmm. The dynamic changes a bit. You're not telling, um, you know day-to-day stories in a, um, in a game of that magnitude. But you may uh, focus more on the injuries and updating the injuries and who's available, who isn't available, whatnot. But then when you move on to a series, yeah. uh, you are with the team. You're ingrained. Mm-hmm. You're with the team. You're traveling with the team. You're around the team. So we covered the Red Sox and the Cleveland Indians mm-hmm. in the division series and then moved on to the Indians and the Blue Jays and the ALCS. Yeah. So when you were covering those teams, you know every, yeah. not that you know every nook and cranny, but, you know, I mean, one of the things that, the, the, one of the glaring injuries from that one was Trevor Bauer and the mm-hmm. bloody finger. Absolutely. And that stood out like, like a sore spot more pinky. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and, and, right. I, I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to minimize the injury there. But, you know, here you are, you're, the pitching coach knows you. Mickey Calloway knows who mm-hmm. you are at this point, And they're trusting you with this information and they're talking to you and you see them on a daily basis so you know okay you know he had the 10 stitches now he has 12 stitches whereas if you're coming to do one game from the outside you don't have you're not afforded that that trust that information mm-hmm. uh so you're there and you know what has been talked about the day before yep. two days before three days before and that i think is what on the local broadcast you see more of because mm-hmm are around the team. Sure. So when you're covering a playoff series, the dynamic change is a little bit like that. So that's the TV aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, as a sideline reporter, that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel when, when we have our, our meetings with the managers also, it's the broadcast team. So it's your play-by-play, it's your analyst in the booth, and we're sitting with the manager in their office on a daily basis during a playoff series. Yeah. So the broadcast team will also advance the story. And mm-hmm. rather than this is what we read, it's, okay, we spoke to this person, we heard this, we know, you know, this is what happened yesterday. So you can advance it and your preparation changes a little more um, in that aspect. Um, as far as radio, as far as hosting a show, you really don't, you know, as far as the prep work, you really don't know what's going to happen on a day-to-day basis in baseball. It's, it, you know, hot stove season. Um, in off season, who knows? You know, if there's a trade, you know, if, if the Mariners are, are, are making a trade with the Diamondbacks one day, you just need to go on, you know, if that's the, the day of your shift, be prepared and talk about the key players involved and, um, and figure out who you can have as a guest on your show to talk about it, who, who the experts are on both teams, the beat writers on each team. Um, and and you, you're kind of thinking on the fly. Um, yeah. Flying by the seat of your pants in, in that aspect. Um, 
radio, the beauty of that is you have your computer with you. You can <laughs> even look things up. You can mm-hmm. research as you're going. Um, and, and that's the beauty of that sure. as far, you know, and, and, you know, some things can be scripted as far as not writing out what you're saying, but as far as we're going to interview this person at this time, you know, mm-hmm. at 1015, we're going to go here at 1030. Let's talk about the CBA negotiations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Things change. Things happen. Things mm-hmm. change. You don't know what's going to happen. And even during the regular season, yeah, you have games play off of, to feed off of, to talk about. But there are injuries during the season. There sure. are injuries yeah. in spring training. There are uh, demotions. There, yeah. you know, so, so really it's, um, it's news. It's news. It's radio. It's, it's 20, you know, you watch CNN. You watch MSNBC. Mm-hmm. You watch Fox News Channel. It's same thing on radio, except for this is baseball. Right. You, you just need to be prepared and know the teams, know the history, know where you know know where you can go um and have a great analyst also that you're working with sure. so the preparation does um there's only there's so much that you can prepare for mm-hmm. with a three-hour radio show um and as far as games the preparation is different as well so um you know as far as nationally and locally yeah different okay. it's different it's fun it's fun it's 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 a challenge i love it <laughs> that's great Hey, you've covered every, pretty much every major sport there is. What is the allure of baseball for you personally, and is it your favorite sport to cover? Um, yes, I love baseball. Um, the allure of baseball, um, I, I love I love NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's funny, when I'm so fickle, when I'm covering a sport and I'm in that moment, you are, or I can't speak for you, but, but I am – in the moment, sure. and I never, I never thought I would leave NFL. Right. I loved doing, I loved being on an NFL sideline. Um, the intensity, the magnitude. Every game is a playoff game, basically. Yeah. And 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 you feel that, and you're there, and you're running sideline to sideline. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're just you're observing. No one's telling you what the injury is. You're you're looking. You're trying to see what you can see. Um, it, there's there's a lot of excitement with that. Um, for baseball, I love sitting in a camera well. The allure for me is 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 I love to watch the game and I love to sit in the camera well yeah. and keep my scorebook, my Bob Carpenter scorebook, <laughs> and I as if I'm in the booth calling the game. Yeah. And you know, perhaps you may you know I may go into a game with. 10 different angles I want to cover or 10 different stories. Mm-hmm. But you have to let the game play. Sure. You can't get in the way of the game. And if you see something on the field or see something in the box score and know that, okay, he has three triples in this game. And, <laughs> uh, you know, the last time he had a triple was in, you know, 2007. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and that's something you know from your box score, from the from the game notes, which I know you're familiar with preparing game notes. Um <laughs> You know, so so you 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 want to review the game notes. Um, you know, I love that aspect of it. Yeah. I love the, the, the just thinking on your feet, being there, being in the moment, and and watching the game and right. and knowing what is happening at at every moment in the game. So um, baseball, you can sit down, you can score, you can follow along as you're going, and that's what I love about it. Um, I don't cover baseball on a daily basis. I don't, I've never worked for a team. Mm -hmm. I've never, I've never 
worked for a team where I'm part of the broadcast and I'm working 162 games a year or right. yeah, however many a local broadcast is 140 games a year. Sure. So I, I'm sure others will have different opinions on that. I don't experience the, you know, the, the quote-unquote the grind yeah. of the season. Yeah. You go in, you do a game a week. Um, it's, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as you know, football, a game a week, I've covered NCAA. Um, when I covered NHL, it's a little different. Now when you're watching the NHL on NBC, um, you see Pierre in, in, on the bench with the players, and he's yeah. talking – He's, he's talking to the players. That didn't exist. That, that wasn't, right. um, you know, the game has evolved and the, and the broadcast um, access has evolved over the years. So um, I was not privy to that access when right. I covered NXL mm-hmm. in 2003, 2004. Um, but, you know, we would do the in-between period interviews, the, the interview on the ice where you have, um, you know, you're wearing those pleats on your shoes so you don't slip <laughs> and fall. Um, but but that was exciting as well. Yeah. So um, I, I don't think there's one sport that I've covered that I've said I don't like the sport. You know, right. yeah. I, I I I don't think I can say that. Hey, there's so, a ge- um, there's a gentleman named Eric Merlis. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. He collect, yes, he co- yes. he collected stories from 65 prominent sports sportscasters. Uh, and journalists about the top five sports moments they've seen in person, and he put those all those stories in a book called "I Was There," and you're featured in the book, Sam. And yeah, and, for, yeah. and congratulations on that because you're among you know the absolute best in the business who share stories for the book. It's oh, got to be a nice compliment, right? Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, Bob Costas was featured in the book, I believe Joe Buck as well. Um, I, the I I. I I believe it was last year Eric reached out, and um, going back and thinking about the top five, you know, at the time working strictly in Major League Baseball, there are other sporting events that I've covered over the years that were pretty um, pretty exciting for me. Uh, one of them covering an Army-Navy game for CBS Sports. George W. Bush was on hand, and, um, and he was there pregame on the field. Yeah. He agreed to do a live interview, wow. not a taped interview, a live interview. <laughs> and this is the this is the sitting president. Right. They had, Absolutely. I believe, since then Barack Obama has been at the game. But at that moment, in that moment, he was the first sitting president wow. to appear at the Army Navy game and agreed to an, uh, a live interview. Um, oh my! I was I don't think <laughs> I've ever been more nervous in my life. Um, so that was, uh, and we didn't, you know, it's, it's something that there was talk, not too much talk, because I, you know, I don't know how much they they won't publicize or whatnot. Sure. Yeah. But there's talk. There's a possibility the president could be here. Um, as we got closer to the day of the game, it's like okay, social security number, this and that. I'm like okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we were. I was brought in this um, this room underneath the stadium in Philadelphia. Uh, military dignities were there, and President George W. Bush, um, he went down this um, almost like a receiving line when you're, <laughs> you're when you're shaking hands with the bride and groom after a wedding, uh, the, the wedding ceremony. And uh, he said hello to everybody. He wanted to know everybody's name. And, um, you know, here I am. I'm I'm the reporter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he looked at me. He's like, like, you're in some pretty impressive company here. I'm like, I know, I know, you know. <laughs> And so, you know, and, and he was funny. He was funny, yeah. and that's uh-huh. the thing that I took from that. He, you could tell, um, I can't speak for everyone else, but I was nervous, and I oh, believe that yeah. that I was nervous. 
and he lightened the mood, and he was very funny. And for me, it made me feel more comfortable interviewing him. Uh, and excellent. I believe the questions were brief. They were quick, yeah. two or three questions. Um, but I, I, I didn't stumble my words, and that was one thing I was, I was so <laughs> afraid of that this is the president of the United States. You don't want to blow it. You, yeah. you need to get it right. <laughs> and um, it was really neat about it. Awesome. Um, you know, I could see the Secret Service presence. You know, you know they're there. Yeah, that oh, was, yeah. You know, you feel protected, but then you feel a little, wow, this is bigger. This, this, is, this is huge. <laughs> um, the, the press corps was there as well. I had my producer holding my camera to take pictures. Wow. And they said, oh, don't worry. We have, we have our own press photographer. Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was, and, and also the, um, um, we received a, an official transcript from the, from the White House. Oh, they posted wow. it on the White House website. Wow. The interview, the three-question interview with George W. Bush, and they posted that on the White House website, which oh, I thought was just really awesome. neat to have that. Yeah. Because how many people have that who, who cover sports? Yeah. So, so that was neat to have. Sure. And about a month later, I received a, um, a package in the mail. It was an envelope and addressed to CBS and addressed to me at CBS. And it was a picture of myself with George W. Bush, oh. and it was signed. Awesome. And um, like, this is, this is neat. This is special. Yeah. Um, whatever your political, you know, right. it, it, you know, this is, you know, throw policy politics aside this, oh, is, it's, this, is, this is really neat this yeah is, that's something absolutely so that was one of my moments um <laughs> I, I know which one you want me to get to yeah, and i, yeah. I know Simon's, uh, vs is here so i will get to that um you know one, one of the moments was um 2011 game six mm -hmm. of the world series between the texas rangers and the st louis cardinals yeah yeah um yeah they were one strike away yeah <laughs> the, absolutely the rangers were, one strike away mm -hmm. of winning the World Series, and that comeback in the David Freeze moment uh -huh. was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, we Matt Yalop was covering the Texas Rangers. I was covering the St. Louis Cardinals. We would, um, you know, to try to make this story as short as I can, as brief and as concise as I can. Um, we were standing out, you know, the tunnel to that walks you onto the field. Right. So, um, because of crowd control for mm -hmm. the media. You couldn't have two reporters from the same network there. So he was – one of us would do the walk-off interview with a winning team. So yeah. he was on the Rangers. I was on the Cardinals. It looked like the Rangers were going to win it. So he's standing in the, in the tunnel. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden, here come the Cardinals. So I come out. So we're switching the microphone back and forth. <laughs> this is a walk-off interview. Yeah. We didn't know. And it was just really neat just to watch it yeah. transpire before our eyes. The, you know, my scorebook is back in the – back in the media room, you know, because you're just waiting for, you, know, you, throw, you throw everything from inning one through seven, one through eight out the window, because this is now right. uh, so compelling. And um, really to go through it afterwards, I, I remember the words from Bob Costa sitting in our production trailer afterwards, you know, we sat down, we did the walk-up interview, we, um, you know, the David Freeze moment, his torn, his torn jersey, mm -hmm. and uh, Bob Costa said to me, Sam, I think you just witnessed one of the greatest baseball game oh wow and yes and i i looked at him i'm like you know wow you know yeah. it, it, i knew for me it was and um and it really put it into perspective yeah coming from okay. him especially yeah yeah that this this was one of the, the most intense exciting games that we had seen obviously homer bailey's second no hitter yep mm -hmm. that was we were we that was uh july of 2000 
2013, if yep, I'm correct? that's it. Mm-hmm. Wow, time flies. <laughs> um, so, so we were, obviously, he, um, he ended, um, he had the, the last no-hitter of 2012. Right. And the first no-hitter of 2013. So MLB Network was in Cincinnati. We're at Great American Ballpark to cover the San Francisco Giants and the Cincinnati Reds. And I believe it was Tim Lincecum pitching for the Giants in yeah, that game. Yeah, that's, that's right. And, uh, and they were both pitching well. Absolutely. Um, I was sitting on the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, I remember it was. I remember it was a hot game. It, it, was, it was warm outside. It yeah. was humid. Mm-hmm. That's not a shocker. It's mid July. <laughs> Cincinnati. Um, yeah, in Cincinnati. I remember I, had, I was wearing a ponytail because it was so humid. <laughs> uh, we did a pregame interview with Buster Posey. Yeah. Uh, come, you know, they had the Giants had won the World Series in 2012. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so uh, after they dispatching were the Reds in the NLDS, by the way. Sorry, didn't yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so he's pitching well, and uh, I'm sitting in the camera well adjacent to the red dugout, mm-hmm. and there's a perfect game going on through six, I believe. Yeah. You could, you know, at some point, you start to feel it, and I don't know how the, I, you know, you, you don't know what they're thinking on the bench. You don't know what what the thought is in in the in the press box. But when you're when when I was sitting there, you know, you start to get it's it's a nervous excitement sure. because you just don't know what's going to happen here. And wow, this could be. But yeah, you don't want to jinx it because so many times we've seen perfect games into the sixth and, and yeah. no hitters into the sixth. Um, and so you don't know what to expect. It's exciting at that point. I remember Matt Latos was walking, pacing back and forth, back and forth, and he kept coming over watching every play on the TV monitor yeah. and as, as the game transpired. Watching him was almost like watching a, a, an 11-year-old kid on Christmas Eve. <laughs> it was just the, the excitement and just, wow, did you see that play? Did you see that play? So, um, so we get to the seventh inning, and the perfect game's over. Gregor Blanco walks. Yeah. And uh, and that one play, the Joey Votto play, mm-hmm. Buster Posey, as it as it, I don't know how well you remember it. I'm sure most folks in Cincinnati remember this play, like you know, oh, yeah. like it was yesterday. But uh, looked like a hit. Could have been a hit. Yeah. But but Joey Votto with that heads up play, the throw to third. Absolutely, yeah. To get Blanco, it's a fielder's choice. It's uh, it preserved the no hitter. Yep. To 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 think, to have that, you know, we know Joey Votto is a student of the game. Yeah. And we know his baseball IQ is, is, is way up there. Absolutely. And, and that heads-up play was uh, wow. And, and I remember, um, you know, at that moment, then you think, wow, everything is going right for this team. This is, <laughs> you're getting closer. I remember texting Alana Rizzo, who is with the Dodgers now, at sure. that moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wrote, wow. And uh, – she texted back, have you ever covered a no-hitter? And I wrote, no, I haven't. Have you? And she said, yes, she did when she was in Colorado at the time, and obviously since then has. But uh, I'm like, no, I haven't. And uh, and I knew it was special. Um, not for me. I don't want to insert myself and make it about me. No, it's But to okay. witness it, to be there yeah. and to witness it. And, and for every fan in attendance and for every broadcaster and everybody in the press box, whether you're rooting for one team or another, right. to see there, to, to be there for it, yeah. it, it, it because you are, it, it is, it is that feeling of being at a wild card game, being at Game Seven of a, of a World mm-hmm. Series, 
because you feel the intensity, and that's what I was sensing from the rug dug out to see that later on in the, in the later innings. And I remember at one point, you know, Lindos kept walking back and forth, and we would see Homer Bailey <laughs> after each half inning, and he would go up the tunnel, and he'd disappear. He's not sitting on the bench. He kept going up the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what is, he, what is he doing? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, he would go up the tunnel. He would sit on a chair. There was a fan going on. He would sit, you know, drink his water, use the towel, you know, sit in front of the fan. Mm-hmm. But apparently that wasn't foreign to him. That's something that he would usually do, yeah. um, I was told at the, at the time. But that's something that the, you know, the audience may not know. Where, what, what is he doing? Where is he going? So we see that, and, um, and, and then it all, you know, you know all the, the, the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed, and, and there's the no-hitter. Mm-hmm. And what a moment. Yeah, what a moment. Wow. It's, it's really great. exciting. Really exciting to be there and to uh, to uh, to witness that and and you know he graciously gave the walk up interview with shaving cream in the face and all. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wouldn't let him escape. But um, what a what a fantastic moment to be there at Great American Ballpark and and the Reds have been um, just so fun to cover and watch over the years. Covering Billy Hamilton, um, I remember seeing Billy Hamilton it, once again that year in 2013 in mm-hmm. the AAA All Star Game. Um, so we got a glimpse of his speed back then. He had a stolen base in that game. That was in Reno. And yep. uh, he was batting leadoff. I believe he was one for four, run scored, and uh, and the stolen base. And we were all waiting for that with, with his speed. So it's fun to see him at a, a young, oh, early sure. uh, aspect of his career. Uh, Joey Votto's been fantastic. Um, yeah, I, you speak- know, I covered- yeah, speaking of Joey, you mentioned him. Could you – and I'm sure you're going to get to it. I just want to set that one up for you because that was uh, you approached us about doing an interview with Joey uh, or MLB Network did at least, and it was a sit-down interview. And uh, one of the things that was just fascinating about that interview was it was one of the rare times that Joey kind of opened up about his father passing and how that affected him. And that interview became something more than just something sports. It was it was really profound, and I thought it was so well done, and I thought you did a great job. Can you talk a little bit about that? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. When, um, when you know, I remembered reading in Sports Illustrated um, and in, in USA Today as well when Joey's father passed and, um, you know, about the struggles that he went through. And I had never seen a sit-down interview, and that's something that, I do, and um, it's just a different aspect of the game. We talk, you know, we talk plays. You talk X's and O's. Um, but there is a human element to the game, and sometimes that is overlooked. And, um, you know, you don't see a lot of these sit-down um, um, interviews, and, and a, lot of, a lot of players don't want to open up. They don't want to expose themselves. Um, in Joey's case, it's something when, when I did, when I started working at, at MLB Network and, and we were doing some features and we were introducing them, I remember um, reaching out to uh, one of my superiors and said, you know, I'd love to, you know, at some point do an interview with Joey Votto about what he went through with his father. And um, it was like, well, you know, I don't know if, he, I don't know if he's going to go there. I don't know if he's going to, you know, I don't know if he's going to talk about that. And um, Rob Butcher with the Cincinnati Reds, I remember talking to him about it. And um, it was something that when the moment was right, we would approach it. Yeah. And uh, he, um, he had just introduced his foundation. Um, and it was, um, well, let's see. Let's see if he will talk about it. Yeah. And maybe that's something I don't know if others had tried, if that's something that he wasn't ready. I don't know if it's something that 
people didn't want to go there. I, I don't know. I don't know if there were um, attempts in the past by others or not um, because it wasn't a new story. Yeah. Um, but I just I felt that if we could if we could um, if he could lend us his time and um, to, to talk about this that you know we could you know we could tell a story and we can do it properly. And um, you know I thank him so much for that because he was um, he's very brave. Yeah. He's very brave. Um, Did you know going I, into the interview that he was going to mention it, or were you just kind of like, I'm going to throw it out there and let's see if he talks about it? No, no. I think he knew that this was the, the gist of the interview. I, I think he, he understood that. Um, I, I don't know if he knew. He didn't know what questions I was gonna, going to ask. Yeah. I don't sit with a piece of paper on my lap when I, <laughs> when I do interviews because for that, for that reason. Right the subject wants to see the questions and they want to know what you're going to ask. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about having a conversation and seeing where they lead you and seeing where it goes. And, um, and he, you know, a lot of times when there's a sensitive subject, um, you know, people want to know what are you going to ask? You know, you, you, you don't, you don't know, you don't know. Let's, let's see where it goes. And, uh, and he was, you know, what, what I really took from that was he wasn't embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't embarrassed to say, when I asked him about when he, um, I remember asking him about when he felt he hit rock bottom. He said it was calling 911 several right. times a day. Mm-hmm. You know, he just, he felt like he couldn't breathe. And he, he you know, here he is calling 911 again. Yeah. Uh, and he just, he just felt that almost he was a prisoner within himself sure. um and he didn't know how to manage it at that time well that's very that's very brave and that's very yeah. bold yeah admit that on camera um and um and and i and he, you know we don't know but but maybe he helped others out there and um and that's um and that's where it's selfless to to talk about your personal um your personal struggles such as that um he also um you know he talked about you know, moments with his dad. His dad was always there for him. Mm-hmm. He um, would uh, would also stood out his MVP season. Yeah, he was addressing his seasons following his father's death and talking about this was a blur. This was a blur. Wow. And I remember saying to him, "You won the MVP that year." <laughs> yeah. And 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 in his mind, he was just going through the motions. Right. He's a you know obviously he's 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 one of the that are base, best baseball players in Major League Baseball. Sure. Um, but to to be able to do that and accomplish that without your head 100% in the game uh, and with the distraction and with a heartache and a heartbreak is, uh, wow, that speaks volumes. Yeah, the game's hard enough as it is, and there he mm-hmm. is, yeah. Hey, Sam, before I let you go, real fast, uh, as someone like yourself who follows the game, uh, let's hit this a little locally. Do you, what do you think of the Reds and, uh, you think they're headed in the right direction? What do you see from a, a national standpoint? You know, um, it, it's, um, at, following the Reds and to see some of the changes the past couple of years, um, I would tell Reds fans, be patient. Nobody wanted to lose a role to Chapman. Um, you know, he was, he was exciting. So to lose a role to Chapman is one thing. To lose Todd Frazier. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, he was such a great spokesperson for that team. Sure. Um, incredible player. Home run derby was uh, just fantastic. 
um, you still have the core of the team and the youth of the team. So I think, you know, having, you know, uh, and, and Jay Bruce also. Yeah. So losing those key players, I can see where um, Red's faithful would, you know, I, you know, I don't know how it is there, but I don't know if people were disgruntled, unhappy, upset. But I think you have to look. I think you have to look at the young talent on the team and, you know, patience. And um, I think the future does look bright. Look at the New York Yankees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The New York Yankees, um, you know, you, you can't go from point A to point C without going through point B. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think the, the future does look bright. Oh, that's a great way to look at it, the, the point A to point B. That's it's... a glass-half-full approach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam, thanks so much for coming on with us. I think oh, thank you, you so much. I'm flattered. I you're really absolutely am. fantastic. I think baseball fans are very lucky to have you on their radios and your t- on their TVs. And I think you're a pro's pro. I have a lot of respect for what you do and the way you go about your business. And you're absolutely one of my favorites. And if there's anything the Reds we can do for you here, you just let us know and we'll we'll move mountains for you. Oh, thank you so much. Just tell Rob Butcher that I think I have surpassed his marathon uh, <laughs> medal. <laughs> I think he's out running like his 20th mile okay. right now. So, okay. okay. Are you going to be at the winter meetings? No, I will not. Oh, okay. I will not. Well, we're going to miss have you. Have fun. Okay, have we will. Fun. Sam, thanks thank a lot. Thank you so much, Jamie. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Working for a team's media relations department, I've come across many local and national broadcasters throughout the years. Some seem good at what they do, some don't. Some handle themselves like pros, some don't. But I can tell you firsthand, Sam Ryan is a true professional and very good at what she does. I first worked with Sam during the NLCS a couple of years ago in St. Louis when I was helping out Major League Baseball. I remember noticing how prepared Sam was, her professional and friendly interaction with her crew and coworkers, and how importantly she took the game. I've seen a few sideline reporters turn off their on-air persona when the camera goes off, shut down, sink themselves into their phone, and wait impatiently until their next on-air hit. Not Sam. She's the real deal. What you see on TV or hear on the radio is what you get. She's a genuine professional who has a real passion for the game of baseball and for her profession. It was a great privilege to have her on the show this week. In addition to Sam Ryan, thank yous go out this week to the Cincinnati Reds, to my main man, Nick Prince, the best technical director in the vast universe of podcasting. Without Nick, this Better Off Red podcast would not exist. That's all this week from BOR headquarters. I hope you enjoyed the show. Until next time, I'm Jamie Ramsey. Expect good news.